the Jets have figured out the formula to slow Josh Allen down. And we'll talk about what it is today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, joined by John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, here to get you ready for week 11. The Bills hosting the Jets, the Bills at five and five, coming off of consecutive losses to the Bengals and Broncos, the Jets four and five coming off of a loss to the Raiders. An important game here, John, if someone's going to knock the Miami Dolphins out of the number one spot in the AFC East, it's going to be one of these two teams. And this head-to-head game, in addition to the games against Miami, will ultimately decide this division most likely. It's good to be back on with you. Obviously, week one, we got a chance to do this. Week 11, we do it again. What's going on, John? Yeah, Joe, and I think back to when we did this before the week one game, and I think about the optimism, and I think about, you know, it was Monday Night Football. We thought this was a marquee matchup, these two teams being near the top of the AFC East all year, and I guess to an extent they are, but I don't think the season's <laughs> gone the way either fan base was hoping it would. No, not at all, right? It was Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers, and we saw it for just a, a small small amount of time, and obviously the Jets win the game. The Bills have a 10-point Halftime lead. Zach Wilson's in the game. And, you know, the Bills turned it over four times. The punt return for a touchdown in overtime. The Bills start 0 1. And in so many ways, the way the Bills looked in that game was emblematic of a lot of the issues that would persist over the next nine games that puts the Bills at five and five and certainly not meeting expectations. And so we'll get into the Bills side of things with the big local story there. Obviously, we're going to talk about Ken Dorsey being fired as the offensive coordinator. But with the Jets coming to town, What's the big story when it comes to the Jets? You know, Joe, I, of course, have been following what's been going on in Buffalo this week, and I'm sure there are good reasons for it. I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that. You'll, you'll give us the analysis on why it happened. But I look at these statistics, and I see the Bills in the top 10 in offensive pro- productivity in all these different areas. And I say, wait, which of these two teams fired its offensive coordinator? <laughs> because right now the Jets' offense just can't do anything. Uh, they've not scored a touchdown in the last two games, which they've lost both. The only touchdown they've scored since the bye was in the first quarter of a game three weeks ago against the Giants. That was a game they were very fortunate to win. This team has not had a touchdown drive that lasted more than one play since week four. Uh, that And the all, every offensive touchdown the Jets have scored since the Sunday night football loss to the Kansas City Chiefs has been a one-play drive where Brees Hall scored a touchdown. Uh, this There's just nothing good about this offense right now. The only two things that help the Jets move the ball at all are Garrett Wilson can move the chains. You know, he's a good route runner. He creates good separation. Brees Hall occasionally hits the home run. Outside of that, I mean, this offense just, it has nothing going for it. You know, Zach Wilson's a quarterback. I think he's actually a little bit better than he was last year, but look, he's not a difference maker. He's not a guy that can overcome the obstacles that this unit puts in front of him. Um, After Garrett Wilson, there's pretty much nothing at receiver. Uh, Alan Lazard has been a major disappointment as a free agent signing, or I don't know if I should call him a disappointment because 
after watching him in Green Bay, I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. I think there the Jets were. He's uh, he's become a drop machine. I don't even think he's healthy right now. After that, I mean, it's Xavier Gibson who, who of course won that Week One game with a punt return. You know, a rookie with a lot of speed, but an undrafted free agent nonetheless. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb who was brought in because Aaron Rodgers wanted him and has shown that he's near the end of his career. And it, the funny thing, or the the sad thing from a Jet standpoint, is that I feel like the receiving group's not even the worst unit on the offense because that's the offensive line and they've been dealt some a bad hand. I mean, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They've had to throw Xavier Newman, a guy who most Jets fans couldn't have named, you know, at all a couple of weeks ago. He had to play right guard last week. He had to play center a couple of weeks ago against the Giants. Uh, but you also have guys who are underperforming. Lakin Tomlinson was a free agent signing from San Francisco a year ago who's been a major disappointment. Uh, Max Mitchell, who the Jets drafted last year out of Louisiana, has kind of had to move between tackle and guard. He's not, I guess he's not horrendous, but you know, he's not a guy you want starting at this point in his career. I, there's just not a lot good about this Jets offense right now. Uh, and it's they're, they're putting up numbers that are difficult to believe. And you know, as I mentioned, I when I look at these two teams, I can't believe the Bills are the team that fired its offensive coordinator because I think Nathaniel Hackett, a lot of the issues you saw in Denver last year have returned this year with the Jets. And I, I know the reason he's still here, it's because Aaron Rodgers wants him. You know, Aaron, he's Aaron Rodgers' preferred coordinator. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't here, I'm not sure he'd still be the coordinator of the Jets. Well, you sort of give a little bit of grace to the Jets on offense. I certainly understand that they've not been good offensively, but, I mean, you lose your starting quarterback right away, and we know the drop-off from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson is significant. The offensive line's banged up. I mean, you had a, a your lead running back coming off of an injury. I thought Dalvin Cook was always kind of a questionable choice to bring him in, and just not enough at receiver, right? I mean, so they're kind of shorthanded there, and they're missing the most important thing, their quarterback in the offensive line, obviously, is banged up. John, I figured there'd be a lot of questions about Ken Dorsey and the Bills' decision to fire him because, I mean, I was, that's the big story with the Bills. It's, it's no secret the Bills have fired Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, taking over as the interim offensive coordinator. And statistically, yes, the Bills' offense is very, very good. It's um, near the top or the top of pretty much any important way that you want to measure offensive success in the NFL. The problem is it wasn't meeting expectations, and the mistakes just wouldn't stop. There were just execution mistakes every single week. The team struggled to find a rhythm offensively. They would get in lulls and ruts and couldn't get out of it. And that's the healthy side of the football. The Bills' defense has injury on top of injury, and it's kind of finding a way at times. But offensively, you should be able to lean on it, and it should be able to carry you with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the other talent that exists on the roster. Um, and under Ken Dorsey, not only were the mistakes not going away, they were intensifying with execution mistakes. And I would agree that the mistakes of the offense were far more player mistakes and execution mistakes than they are offensive coordinator mistakes. But when they don't stop and there's that many of them, eventually you got to point your finger back to the guy who's coordinating the whole thing and say, hey, these execution mistakes are they're too frequent. And they're not improving, and something has to change there. There's been a six-week lull of inconsistency. And honestly, you could look at these last six weeks and, and identify all the, the mistakes and issues, but some of that even extends back to last year during Ken Dorsey's first season taking over for Brian Dayball and, and what the unit kind of morphed into down the stretch and relied on a lot of big plays. And you know that's an inefficient way to play football. And this year they try to be a more efficient offense, but then there's execution issues, right? It's just... It wasn't coming together like it needed to. And so now 
Joe Brady's got a tough assignment. I mean, even when the Bills offense is playing well, they struggle against the Jets uh, defense. And we'll get into that a ton more in the next segment here. But Joe Brady coming in on a short week, taking over this offense. And, you know, he's been around. He was the quarterback's coach uh, for Josh Allen starting last year and, of course, into this season. And so, you know, it's not like it's a, a guy that's never been in the building. But what can he muster up in a short week? And what does this offense look like over the next seven weeks that tells you about what direction you need to go at offensive coordinator and perhaps even some bigger questions about the Bills' overall operation. Has it plateaued? Can Sean McDermott get him over the hump? Does he deserve another opportunity to uh, continue working with this football team? I know he got him out of a big rut as an organization, but you know, you, has has it reached its peak? Has it, has it? Can it go further? Because right now, getting to the playoffs and losing in the divisional round or losing in the AFC Championship game, that's not satisfying for this Buffalo Bills franchise and what the fans are expecting and what they believe they have at quarterback. And so there's a lot of questions about this Bills team at five and five. And, you know, it's, it's bigger than Ken Dorsey, but right now that's the move to be made. And hopefully for the Bills, uh, moving on from Dorsey, handing it over to Joe Brady leads to a better result offensively. Although couldn't be a tougher task, a short week against a great New York Jets defense. Joe, let me ask you this. Are there any indications of potential schematic changes with Brady taking over? Well, I, I, how much can you get into? I mean, really, if, for Joe Brady to really put his stamp on this offense and mold it the way that he wants to, he probably needs an offseason, right? Not five days or whatever he's going to have to practice and get ready for the Jets. Maybe in future weeks, certainly coming out of the bye, you can see more Joe Brady wrinkles. And when I think about Joe Brady and his history, right, it's, it's a couple of years with Sean Payton with the Saints. And then he's the co-offensive coordinator at LSU 2019. We know all about that and Burrow and all the first round picks that they had. That was a spread offense, five man protection progression style, right? Like, uh, and then you go to Carolina and he got like a season and a quarter under really weird circumstances with Matt rule. So who is Joe Brady? How does he impact this offense? How does he do it in a short period of time? I guess we'll find out. It's really tough for me to, to forecast exactly what that's going to look like. All right, here in just a second, John and I, we're going to get into the matchups that can decide the game. And I certainly want to talk a lot about Josh Allen and his struggles against this Jets defense. But before we get there, folks, you got to check out DoorDash. I am obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is simply unmatched, especially in our busy lives, right? We're all busy. We all are wondering when we're going to have time to go to the grocery store or when we're going to have time to make dinner. Well, you don't have to worry about those things. DoorDash can handle them for you. They'll bring you dinner right to your front door. They'll bring you groceries right to your front door. I love ordering food from my favorite local restaurants. I always get the barbecue from the smoke pit down the street. It's phenomenal. My favorite Italian joint is Rosario's. They have great pizza, great chicken parm, garlic knots are incredible. Uh, and so I love being able to get food from my favorite local restaurants with DoorDash dropped off right at my front door. They'll leave you, if you need an energy drink, they'll bring you one from the gas station, right? So go to DoorDash, download the app, and stop worrying about what you're going to snack on and what's for dinner and when you're going to find time to go to the grocery store. Go to DoorDash, download the app. We got a deal here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend 15 bucks or more. Subject to change. Terms apply. All right, John, let's get into these matchups that can decide the game. What do you got? What's that big thing on your mind when it comes to the matchups and ultimately deciding who's going to win Sunday afternoon? 
the Jets need to get offense from somebody not named Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall. So, you know, I'm going down my list. You know, which which Jets skill player is most likely to step up? Uh, you know, it could be it could be interesting. It could be Izzy Abanaconda, rookie third day uh, day three pick the Jets uh, made this year out of Pittsburgh. Jets made some news themselves with a the guy they got rid of on uh, Tuesday. They cut running back Michael Carter, who had been a fourth round pick and actually had been their lead back. The, his, his rookie season and then for much of his second season so is he a could step into a bigger role but the guy i have my eye on is uh the guy who was the star of the week one game or the hero of the week one game xavier gibson he was the one who returned that punch for a touchdown in overtime and over the last couple of weeks he started to, t- to take on a bigger role in the offense for the jets he's i think kind of supplanted randall cobb to a degree um and He's not doing a ton, but you know he's starting to come on a little bit. You're seeing like a couple of catches a week, um, and I think if the Jets are going to diversify this offense a bit, he's going to have to take step into a bigger role because it can't just be a two man offense. And he'll play in the slot a lot, so I think you'll see him. Uh, it'll be him against Teron Johnson. That'll be my matchup for the Jets when they're on offense and when they're on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm interested in looking at the edge because the Jets have had two young edge rushers step into bigger roles this season. One is Bryce Huff, who on a pass rush for pass rush basis last year was one of the most productive rushers in the NFL. But he he played a limited number of snaps. He was primarily on passing downs. In fact, I think 90% of his snaps last year came on passing downs. He was a kind of a rotational guy. This year he stepped into a bigger role. The Jets, you know, have realized that you know, if this guy gets to the quarterback a lot, we should put him on the field more. And he's made himself a lot of money because he's about to be a free agent. And on the other side, you have Jermaine Johnson, who was a first-round pick a year ago out of Florida State. And, of course, last year the Jets had four picks in the top 40 in the draft, and three of them looked like stars. Uh, you know, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, won Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall was on his way to winning Offensive Rookie of the Year before he got injured. The fourth guy was Jermaine Johnson, who I thought for a rookie had a decent season but wasn't playing on the level of those guys. He started to break out and he got off to, a, he had a big camp. He had a big preseason. And then the first three weeks, he really didn't do a whole lot. And it kind of felt to me like another case of a guy who, you know, looks great in August, but when the real game start, you know, doesn't come on. And then once week four came, a switch flipped and he's been outstanding since then. He can do a little bit of everything. He can play the run. He can get after the quarterback. So I've got my eyes on these Jets pass rushers against the Bills tackle. So it's Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff against Deion Dawkins and uh brown uh spencer brown i I think that those are the those are the key matchups i have i have uh, you know on the offense jets need to get more out of their just need somebody other than garrett wilson and Brees hall to step up and on defense you know we're i'm sure we're going to talk about this going forward jets have given josh allen and the bills a lot of problems the last two years and a lot of it's been the defensive line has done the job and gotten home and those are the two guys i think the jets have on defense who are most likely to disrupt things uh, outside of course of quinn and williams but on the edge jets have two very talented young rushers yeah bryce huff's giving the bills some trouble as well um and and he flashes a seemingly every time i watch the jets on defense quinn and williams speaks for himself with how dominant he can be so big big assignment obviously for the bills offense against the jets defense and and certainly that's where I'd like to begin my portion of this segment is just this Jets D against Josh Allen. Um, It's a defense that frustrates him a lot. And I think it's a really good defense in terms of how it's structured to really stress Josh in the ways that um, don't necessarily mesh with his strengths as a player, where the Jets are such a good team at 
getting organic pressure on the quarterback, right? Rushing four, they don't blitz a ton, but they still get they get pressure on the quarterback, and then they're able to drop seven in coverage, and they have very good coverage players. And so their ability to take away vertical stuff and force you if you're going to score, well, you're going to have to stack together a, a bunch of plays. You're going to have to execute eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 plays if you're going to score against the Jets. And that tests a quarterback's ability to be patient. Well, you know what Josh Allen really isn't? Is patient. And if if you think that Josh Allen's going to do the smart, correct thing with the football over and over and over again consistently throughout a game and, and not make a mistake, you know, he falls into that all the time. And the Jets have been wonderful um, at stressing his patience and Josh kind of wanting to make things happen that he really should. And so will Josh reinvent himself for this game? Will he take the checkdowns? Will he not force the ball down the field? Will he be willing to have possessions that end in a punt, which against the Jets is probably not a bad thing. And so how does Josh Allen, under these circumstances where Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator that he wanted, the one that he picked to replace Brian Dable when he became the head coach of the Giants, now he's gone. How, how does this all come together this week under tough circumstances uh, against an opponent that you haven't been successful offensively against? And so uh, huge questions about what Josh Allen looks like against the Jets this time around under these circumstances. But there, it, to me, like obviously Josh Allen, big catalyst for the Bills, of course. You got to be able to lean on, lean on your rushing offense uh, in this game. And I think they, against Denver on Monday night, despite the loss, I thought it was probably one of their best rushing performances of the season with um, getting back to some of their core concepts and creating displacement and creating a lot of production. They, I mean, they average over seven yards of carry on over 26 attempts. And the Jets, for how good that defense is, I mean, they really haven't been good against the run. They're 31st in rush defense. They're 22nd in yards per carry. I mean, the Raiders in that game, when they decided in that second half, we're just going to run the ball like in, in live with the live with it, like that allowed them to win the football game. And they've given up some big rushing totals to other teams as well. And so I think for as much as Josh Allen's going to be your offensive catalyst, I think you need to be able to lean on your rushing offense against the Jets who have had some vulnerability um, defending the run. And so that's that's where my mind goes. Certainly the Zach Wilson against the Bills defense is a huge storyline. And what's interesting about Zach Wilson is he's won his last two. Like he didn't start the week one game right against the Bills but he, he pretty much played the whole thing. And so you look at that game and you go back to the year before and like, he, he's got like two wins in a row against the, the, the bills. And so like you, you watch Zach Wilson and you, against other teams and you get him like, I, I think that the problem with Zach is he just always makes the backbreaking mistake and he doesn't necessarily do enough to like engineer great offense, but it's been good enough against the bills twice. Right. I mean, and he did make the crushing mistake against the bills and the Matt Milano mis, uh, interception, but Josh Allen had to one up him, And so, you know, can can the Bills can the Bills get bad, bad Zach Wilson, right? Like they haven't been able to do that despite some like good defensive performances. And so um kind of curious about those variables. Josh Allen against the Jets defense. Can the Bills lean into their rushing offense against the Jets rush, run defense? And then, you know, can the Bills like finally make Zach Wilson look like the quarterback that Jets fans are frustrated with? Yeah, no, we see this on a week-to-week -week basis with the Jets. When you play the Jets, you're playing a very specific kind of game. You know it's probably not going to be a game where the scoreboard lights up because the Jets offense isn't capable of that. But you know the Jets defense is also very good at holding teams down. And you, you, you mentioned it. You have to have a degree of patience, and you have to be willing to run the ball. And as you said, the Jets' run defense has not been great this year, and 
a couple of weeks ago, they lost their best run defender, Al Woods. And I, I think that was a huge loss for this team, because if you look at the splits when Woods is in the game versus when he was out, and you, you get, of course, you always have to be careful in the NFL because there are 11 players, a lot of variables. But in this case, I think there is a one-to-one comparison because Woods is a big space-eating defensive tackle. He was a guy who was the guy who really helps you against the run. And with him being out there, the Jets are more vulnerable against the run. But I think you said it perfectly. This defense is built to force you to be patient. And it's built to force you to be willing to, to punt the ball because you're probably not going to, you know, it's probably not going to be a shootout. It's probably not going to be a 31 30 game. You're going to have to play a more low scoring game. You're going to have to be willing to pick your spots and, you know, try and win the field position battle. And that's really. Yeah, that's what I think. Like almost every Jets game the last two years, that's it's come down to that. And which team has been able, which teams have been willing to, you know, lose the battle to win the war. So I think that that's you know that's always going to be the question when when these two teams play. It's the question most weeks when the Jets play. We'll see if the Bills have a different uh, formula this time around if they're willing to embrace that game script. In just a moment here, John and I we're going to talk about what needs to go right for each team to win the game, and of course offer. A prediction, but listen, I gotta be personal here with you for a moment. We spent a lot of time talking, you and I. We get fired up about wins and losses, who's gonna start, who's gonna sit, and I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today, we're gonna be a little bit more personal. So, whether you're on extended travel, you're bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. So if you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having an entire year's supply of daily medications, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use our promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. All right, John, let's uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. We talked about the storylines. We talked about matchups. And now we got to talk about what has to go right for each team to win the football game. And when I consider that, I think it comes down to takeaways and giveaways. The Jets defense, they're good at taking away the football, particularly against good teams, good offenses, presumably four takeaways in week one against the Bills. They got the Chiefs for two. They took it away four times against Philly and won the game. They took it away three times against Denver, and I'm not going to sit here and champion Denver as a great team or a great offense, but you know what they don't do? They don't turn over the ball, and the Jets got them for three. And look, the the Jets have also had their own issues with turning over the football. They have 14 giveaways in nine games, and we all know about the Bills and their willingness to turn over the football, right? It's been a major, major problem. And on top of that, the Bills are not getting takeaways on defense. So the Bills have had two takeaways on defense in the last five games, both fumble recoveries, and they have not had an interception in the last six games. It's been since week four. So can you, as a Bills offense, take care of the football? You really haven't shown that ability. Can you start to play clean football offensively? That needs to happen if you're going to beat the Jets. And can you, on defense finally get some takeaways because they just not been adding up like early in the season. They did pretty well with takeaways, but since they've had all their defensive injuries, Matt Milano, Trey white, Daquan Jones, and then like intermittent starters, like every week are missing games. They just haven't been able to take away the football. Again, no interceptions in the last six games, two total takeaways in the last five. If to me, this game is going to come down to 
who can take care of the football on offense and who can get a couple of takeaways on defense. Joe, I think that's excellent analysis. You know, I think from the Jets side, a couple of things need to happen is first of all, their defense needs to play their best game. They've been as probably as good as any team in the NFL at slowing down the Bills and Josh Allen over the last couple of years. We've talked about uh, what they can do up front and also, you know, an excellent coverage unit. Um, they have to cut down on penalties. I, this is very generic analysis. You could probably say this about any team, but the Jets have been penalized in ex- to an extreme degree the last couple of weeks. And when you have an offense struggling as badly as the Jets' offense is, you just can't have the penalty. You just can't take the penalties that they're taking. I mean, they had one that wiped out a touchdown on CJ Uzama. They had another that wiped out a third, a key third down uh, conversion. It was on Michael Carter, which may have been the reason Michael Carter was cut. Uh, you know, there was another one that wiped off a, a big run on an end around that was also on Uzama. And when your offense is struggling to make plays, you can't get behind the sticks. And the Jets have been putting themselves behind the sticks with, with these penalties. So they have to cut those out. Uh, beyond that, you know, I've mentioned it. Somebody other than Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson needs to make plays. Um, I think Zach Wilson needs to be at his best. Uh, you know, look, we know he's not a quarterback that can lift a team for a month. He's not a quarterback that can lift a team for a full season. He's got a big game in him somewhere. We saw that Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he played very well in that game, even though the Jets lost. That was like the one of the few times in his three years I saw a quarterback capable of lifting his team up. And we know, he, again, he can't do it for over the course of the full season. That's the reason Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. That's the reason they tried to bring him in. But for 60 minutes, can he play his best game? You know, potentially. Um, I think the Jets need a lot to go right in this game. I think the Jets almost need to play a perfect game. And, you know, we, as good as the Jets' defense has been at taking the ball away, there's been a lot of fortune in that. I mean, some of the turnovers are just, you know, you get good bounces of the ball. Uh, you know, so I always think a lot of turnovers are half you doing something right and half just the ball going your way. So Jets need a little bit of luck in this game. So I think, you know, look, I think Buffalo is the better team. These teams may be separated by half a game in the standings. Uh, the Jets may even have a head-to-head win over Buffalo, but I believe the Bills have the second-best <laughs> point differential in the conference. The Jets have the fourth fourth worst. So I think right now the, the Bills are a better team. The Jets are going to need to play their best game. I think if both teams play their best game, Buffalo wins. Jets will need the Bills to come out and maybe you know play their B or C game. And you know with a little bit of luck, I mean, it's a divisional game. Weird things can happen. We know that. We've seen weird things happen when these two teams have played the last couple of years. But uh, you know, this is the Jets. Jets need a lot to go right in this one, I think. Well, you talk about the Bills playing a B or a C game. They've been doing that pretty much every week. I mean, uh, the last time I thought we saw the Buffalo Bills as I expect them to look was week four against the Miami Dolphins. They beat them 48 to 20. And um, not since then have they come close to that. In fact, it seemingly gets worse every week. I mean, playing tight games against the Giants and losing to the Broncos, losing to the Patriots losing to the Jets like this isn't that team right like that's so it's been really an interesting dynamic of doing these crossovers and kind of hearing some messaging from the host of the team the Bills are playing that are like hey you know this Bills team's really good and I'm like I don't know about that so uh you might get a B or C level performance uh from from this Bills team because that's kind of what they've given for the last six weeks. And so it seems like we're both kind of coming into this game with a lot of concern uh, about uh, the the result and what it can look like. Uh, but it is time to do that thing where we make predictions and the Bills are favored to win this. Or they're, they're the seven, they're seven point favorites in this game. The over under is 40 and a half. John, I've got it 20 to 16 Bills. Um, I, I don't like you said, I don't expect a ton of points in this game. I think the Bills may be a couple of touchdowns, two field goals. I think the 
the Jets a touchdown and a bunch of field goals, something like that is, is kind of what I'm anticipating. Um, I think that the Bills are their backs are against the wall. They've been pretty good at not losing consecutive games. Um, you know, actually coming off of a loss since 2020, uh, the Bills have the second best uh, win percentage in the NFL and the highest average margin of victory. Well, uh, then they just lost two in a row, right? They lost to the Bengals and the Broncos the last two weeks. I just I have a hard time thinking about them losing three in a row. Um, and is it possible? Oh, absolutely. It's possible. But I think they kind of get it together for this one at home. Sometimes you get a little bump when you fire a coach. I think you kind of saw that with the Raiders, right? They fired the coach. They win the next two games. I know they didn't fire Sean McDermott, but I think you can you can have some effect like that to your offense. And I, I think the Bills get this done 20 to 16, but I'd be lying to you if I said I was really confident in that. Yeah, I'm going similar score. I'm going 20 to 13. So you're a little bit more optimistic about the Jets offense than I am. I think the Jets will score a touchdown in this game just from the standpoint that no matter how bad you are on offense, it's really difficult in the NFL to go three straight games without a touchdown. So we'll, we'll see that streak. And, you know, I was ready to pick a Buffalo blowout in this game for some of the reasons I alluded to. I think the Bills are a better team than – I know that – maybe you don't want to hear this. Maybe Bills fans don't want to hear this. But I do think the Bills are a better team than what they've shown. I think I still think this is a very dangerous team if they can put the pieces together. Um, and I think that this is a better team than the Jets. And part of it's just like I, the Jets – look, I've watched the Jets for a long time. I know when a Jets season's falling apart. It feels like a jet season's falling apart right now. So I was prepared to pick a blowout, but you know, I thought it through. And I mean, the Jets defense does keep them in games and they have matched up really well against this Buffalo team. So I do think this is going to be a competitive game. I see it being like the kind of game where the Bills always have the Jets at arm's length, where it's so they're always up a score or two. You never feel like the Jets are out of it, but it always feels like the Bills are in control of this game. You know, I think the Bills will probably take an early lead and you know they'll lead the rest of the way. They'll never be up by more than like 10 points. And, you know, the Jets, every time the Jets score, it has the feel like every, every time the Jets score, the Bills will have an answer for it. So I'm going to go Jets. Tw I'm sorry, Bills 20, Jets 13. Certainly a different tone, like you mentioned, John, this time around. Uh, we'll see what happens, right? The Obviously an important game. And uh, for both of these teams to get to the postseason, win the division, the goals that they had before the season, uh, the winner of this game is going to be in a lot better spot than the loser of this game. John, really enjoyed this conversation. And thanks to everyone for joining us. Obviously, a lot more coverage coming the rest of the week from both Locked On Bills and Locked On Jets. So make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day.